Hey, you're listening to Modern Mia, the podcast that tells the stories and discusses the topics that matter most to Black professional women and mothers. My name is Antonia Akatunde, and I'm the founder of Modern Mia. And with me in the studio today, we have Anika Lani. Anika Lani is the mother of a 16-year-old son who is a longtime resident of Brooklyn. She's a freelancer, blogger, and vlogger. She loves to talk and write about motherhood, books, pop culture, especially music and fashion, as well as politics. You can find her on her YouTube channel with her Coffee Chat series or on Tumblr and Twitter under the username Miss Honeyology. Hey, Anika. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the studio. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And we have you in the studio today to talk about Mm -hmm. co-parenting. You are... Uh, a lifesaver because <laughs> we had the hardest time casting for this uh, podcast. People uh, weren't too too willing to share that part of their their motherhood uh, and and life experience. Why do you think that is? I think it, it's sensitive and personal. Yeah. And when you talk about that, you're not just talking about yourself. You're talking about the your former partner or other members of your family, and you want to protect them, and you want to protect your story. You, I think I can understand why people wouldn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, thank you for being <laughs> so brave <laughs> to come like in and talk about up. it. <laughs> it's like dark from the microphone. <laughs> It'll be it'll be good. We'll, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll, okay. we'll go easy on you. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so along with co-parenting, we'll also be talking about our hot topic, which is women having children later in life. Uh, Janet Jackson is just the latest example of a public figure deciding to have a baby um, later than people typically associate child rearing age with. Um, I think she's a couple weeks shy of turning fifty, um, and. As people are wont to do, people got on, you know, Twitter and social media uh, to share their thoughts about women having children um, beyond their 30s. Uh, do you have any any feelings about this trend? Well, one, there are lots of women having children beyond their 30s. They've, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, I think with Janet, I think definitely forty hearing 49 and a woman having a baby is definitely jarring. You're like, huh? <laughs> but it's Janet Jackson who can do whatever she wants, especially financially. She is able to keep herself in the best of physical health. You know, she's, um, she's, extended herself publicly in a way that most people will never be able to do for all of her life. Right, yeah. And it's a very personal decision. She's also been public about some rocky marriages she's had. And now she's finally in a place where she's happy. She's more settled. She can do this. I think that it's really personal. I personally can't wait to see how this one plays out. <laughs> no, I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it's I, as time moves on, as technology becomes is as technology becomes more advanced, people are going to be doing all kinds of things. It's right that we weren't. Yeah, yeah that we weren't expecting you know, I just before. Think it's a natural flow. Yeah. No, I I, I do agree that it's um, just part of like societal changes and generational changes yeah. too, like people getting married much later and deciding to focus on their career at the very beginning of their lives before bringing a child into into the mix. And that just means we're going to be having kids later in life. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about being settled 
and like kind of knowing who you are before you know a child comes into the into the mix yeah i didn't do that but yeah i I had no idea what i was doing (laughs) i was still in my 20s but you know looking at looking around at other women and all the options yeah i'm all for it yeah I think uh, some of the pushback that I've seen um, are people saying, like, you know, there's, you know, you're too old to be a mom. Like, you can't be chasing after a toddler when you're, like, geriatric is <laughs> the position people have been putting out there. I mean, I think people, did people forget that Halle Berry just had her second child at, like, 46 a couple of years ago? Like, she, and and she described her experience like she was seeing the doctors called it a geriatric pregnancy That's or so what have you yeah it is totally <laughs> rude and it's your doctor yeah but at the same time she she did it she's got she in her child her first child i think is still small mm-hmm. so these women who are in these incredibly privileged positions right so they can hide one she, janet can cut down her running time she's going to hire some people to do some of that running for her Okay, and people do it who are not Janet Jackson. They have nannies who were younger. Like there, I don't. I think that there is a very realistic view that is not portrayed online on how women have been doing this for years. Again, I'm not here to say that hearing the hearing 49 and a natural childbirth isn't jarring, but at the same time, when you hear it's Janet Jackson, you're like, okay, that makes sense. She's a superstar. She got the money. Yeah, she's a superstar, <laughs> and she's got. She's got the discipline. She's got the focus to to. She's she's got the she's got the ability to handle it. She's going to be. Um, I think she'll be nurturing. She's got the experience. She's she's seen all her brothers and sisters raise tons of kids. That's true. She came from a huge family. I think that she's pretty set up to do this. That's great. You know, she hasn't called me up, but <laughs> hasn't told you personally <laughs> her plans. <laughs> well, I, think it's, I think she's okay. Yeah, I think there also is a difference in the way people perceive the decision to have a child later in life if they're deciding to adopt or um, have a baby via surrogacy versus carrying the baby themselves. Totally. Yeah, adoption is all Madonna. How old is it? Did Madonna adopt children? Yeah, well, yeah, she adopted a little boy from Malawi or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and Madonna yeah. has been up there, and I don't know her exact age, but she hasn't been in her 30s in a while. It's romanticized when you adopt a, it's, adopt a child. It's almost like it's, you're, you're, you know, you're a philanthropic, philanthropic, okay. You know that <laughs> spreading love. Yeah, no, you're doing <laughs> a good deed yeah, and like, like, oh, how, how, um, how good of you to yeah, open up your exactly. home to this kid. Um, you know, it's like this weird philanthropy right i don't i don't know it there's a you don't know how people are going to decide to have children yeah. and again the onus is always on the woman it's the stigma is always on the woman you never hear anything about the men you never no one ever said anything about aaron spelling uh having kids at 85 literally yeah <laughs> you know like, no one, if George Clooney went and had a baby tomorrow, no, everyone's going to be like, wow, great, George Clooney finally had a baby, you know, so. It's just another way that people are always in our uteruses trying to tell us what to do. So in our uteruses. <laughs> 
Cool. And on that note, we're going to take a break. But when we get back, we'll be talking about co-parenting, um, how Anika has been doing it for how many years now? 13 years? Yes. <laughs> She'll share her secrets with us when she gets or when we get back. And we're back in the studio with Anika Lani, uh, who, again, is a mother of a 16-year-old son. Um, and she has been co-parenting uh, with her uh, son's father for 13 years. <laughs> that sounds so funny. Why? Why is that so funny? Because I'm like, it's so long. I'm like, yeah. haven't, I done, like haven't I done anything else? No, no you've done tons of stuff. But we're talking about co-parenting yeah, today. No, I mean, like, did I, yeah, I, no, the, the co-parenting thing, I really, it's, it's been a robust experience. <laughs> really been holding it down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so tell me, what was the beginning like of your of your co-parenting experience? Ooh, yeah, that's probably why nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> It was rough. Yeah. Because I was really young. How old were you? I was 31, mm-hmm. 30, 31. And, you know, I was fresh out of the relationship and the wounds were still very raw. I was still very angry. And my ego was nice and big. Yeah. It was healthy. <laughs> and I wanted things my way. He wanted things his way. We weren't nece- we weren't necessarily the, you know, the real knockdown, drag out type of you know court situations. It wasn't like that. I mean, I th- I think there was enough of a, there was enough of a rapport there, even with the, and I'm speaking only about the very beginning, even mm-hmm. even with that fresh hurt, there was enough of a rapport there that we were still there for our son and that we were able to iron things out, allow, you know, at least me, I was able to, I, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, like project on onto him. him. Yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> I definitely had to grow into my maturity around how I handled that. What were the conversations like about how you wanted to parent your, your child um, in the midst of, of your breakup? Was it, uh, very cut and dry that, you know, you would have your son and he would see him? Or how did you guys work that out? Well, we decided on our own to just do every other weekend, a few days out of the week. And that was from the very beginning, and that has stayed consistent. We did discuss quite a bit. We still do discuss every aspect of his life quite a bit. How are you guys open? Um, how are you guys able to keep open those family? Like, yeah, really? family. Yeah, so? because there were times when I just couldn't deal, and I really wanted to, and I could not stop myself from going off. And you know, old your your parents or grandparents, they've been around the block. They've already been through their trials, especially around couples, relationships, children, and you know. So we both have family in Brooklyn and in Boston. And they would just step in. His mother is not too far from me and not too far from him. My mother at the time still lived in New York. And, you know, they would just 
they didn't really get into us, the details per se. I guess everyone was hearing their versions of the story. Right, yeah. But they definitely were there for uh, our son. So we were able to get some relief. That that That's how that really happened. <laughs> you know, you, that's what I was talking about when you, when you talk about resources. You, you have to have community friends. You know, my friends listen to me for years. <laughs> it, you know, depending on what day it is, they might still get a little retroactive listen. But 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 it's but it, that's not a real thing in the present anymore. But mm-hmm. back then, yeah, no, child, please. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> um. So, how did you talk to your son about um your situation? He was three when you guys mm-hmm. uh separated. So, what did that look like? That looks like what the magazines tell you. You know, <laughs> sit down and explain in a child appropriate way how this is gonna go, and. That's the correct way to go. But, you know, they get mad. And everybody's upset. And you do your best to keep the stress off of the child. But they can feel it. And it's a t- completely different way of living, even at three. You know, so? so? They, because he was used to having two parents in the home. And then, you know, his dad wasn't going out of his life. But he was, you know, not there in the house. And that was hard on him. And I think that also lasted, which is why I think I'm co-parenting so strongly. Sorry, uh, what do you mean by that? I think kids kids have this fantasy that the parents are going to get back together. I think they, you know, and, and he didn't express that as much, but I, there's a story. I remember when he was about... Five years, and I was five years old, and I was really sensitive. But there was a point where I was like, "Look, let me tell you what it's gonna be." Okay, I did my best, <laughs> but I remember we were on the train, and he said, "You know, you would come to my dad's house with me and and play Candyland." And I said, "Oh, well, you know, your time at your dad's house is for for you and him to bond and to have fun." And he said, "Well, you know, you can watch us play Candyland." And I said, well, no, I wouldn't want to intrude. I think you guys are the best Candyland players (laughs) for Candyland. (laughs) And he said, oh, no, Mom, you really can't. It's okay. And I finally looked at him and said, I'm never going to play Candyland. (laughs) (laughs) Let me be real with you. I see what you're doing here. We we were on the A train. There was this guy next to us who just started cracking up. (laughs) But my son laughed, too. He was like, (laughs) you know, he knew. Yeah. You know, but I think they, but they try it. You know? Yeah. They like, you know, what kid doesn't want to see, especially if their parents at one point, if they remember them getting along, you know, what kid doesn't want to see that? Yeah. Um, you touched on this earlier, but like, you know, you you had your friends to lean on during this time, and also oh, your yeah. family. Um, how did that help you? Like through this kind of, I I would imagine, a really hard period. They were there for me. I mean, when I had good friends, so I've been friends with them for years. So there were some who knew me before I was with him, and I was able to call them. They were generous. You know, they're still generous, generous and listening. There are sometimes where you can have you you can go back to an angry point. And again, it's not a real place, but it can just happen. Something can trigger you. And they're, they're generous. They were generous. I mean, I, I there were friends that I lost. There were friends who were like, Mm-mm, I can't. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Which, Wait, why I, were they? Why did they because go so I couldn't stop talking about it. <laughs> I was obsessed. I was yeah. like, "Can you believe this?" <laughs> you know. But for the most part, my friends and they still are. They are still holding it down. You know, I have the <laughs> same friends from then that I do now. Yeah. Um, what were some of the ways your life changed when you guys became co-parents? So on the negative end, I, I want to start with that first. So on the negative end, I would say that I wasn't friends with as many couples as I used to be. So I would say my social life changed. The, di- the, the, the shape of my social life changed. And I, but so, so that was the, I think that was the biggest thing that was like, because I just didn't do the same kinds of things. I didn't have the same kind of time anymore. I moved to a different area. But on the positive end, I really relished, as a creative, I really relished that every other weekend, a couple of days out the week, having that time to myself. Right, yeah. That that I still haven't figured out how to give that up. I'm, <laughs> I'm still there. I'm, I'm like, that that's a good one. Yeah. I real I. Oh, this is a terrible thing to say. Like, that's to say whatever. But but um, I relished not having that same domestic routine. I think I thought I was um. I mean, he'll probably tell you. He's like, but you weren't even doing it like that then. Like, he'll probably tell you you weren't like doing the laundry like that. But there, to, in my mind, there was a, you know, there was a way in which you went shopping, you did the laundry, you cleaned the house, um, and I, I, and I didn't miss that. Yeah, and, and I mean, the- you still have to do those things, but it's, it's, in, it's in a different way. You're not. I didn't. I was happy, and this is because I think of the way the relationship went. I was happy just to have me. You know, I was happy just to, you know, sort of figure out who I was. I was just in my early 30s. I was a, a, a different person from the woman who had, had a baby at 27. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the beginning stages and then even now, how do you guys handle like the actual business of parenting when it comes to like discipline and, and things like it, that. It's, it's like old hat. It's easy. <laughs> no, it really is. Because again, so when you had an, an, an initial rapport, like we're not dissimilar people. And when you have an initial rapport and all, and that anger falls away, the um, emotional connection falls away. Then you just, you just um deal. You just, Deal with your co-parent, and I and I learned how to compromise. I talked to my son about the fact that you know we're not together, and so when you're not together, sometimes you're gonna clash. Yeah. But I don't contradict his discipline. I mean, we actually had a funny thing recently where a lot of times he is bad cop and I'm good cop, and we just had this moment with my son, and I was at his house. He wasn't there, and I said, um, I just, like, went off on my son there for, like, a good 45 seconds around something. And then his <laughs> and then I, his dad came in, and I left. I was like, I can't stay here. And then the next day, he was like, oh, yeah, I was trying to tell you to be nice because I did it the night before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, it's, but, but at this time, you're just, 
he's only the kid's about to go to college. That's true. But like, did you guys, was it always that easy? I think what made it, I think what started the path on it becoming easy is that we share similar values. So just because we broke up didn't mean that we didn't have the same kinds of ideas around who we wanted our son to be. Um, So I think that, so we had the same kinds of ideas around his consciousness, the kind of person we wanted him to be, the kind of consciousness we wanted him to have, um, even basics like healthy eating, uh, sport. You know, he was he he the, the kid was born. You know, loving sports, and we both supported that. Um, we wanted him to have a cultural foundation, and you know, so those kinds of decisions were and still are. Even with little snags, because there are those snags. I mean, I can I say easy because that's what it is, eighty percent of the time. Yeah. But even with the snags, you know, you step back for a couple of days and then you just go on. Yeah. And then you get back. Everything you're saying is um, kind of referring something someone told me um, <laughs> before I told her that uh, I was engaged. I was like, "Oh, you had a baby. Let's like chat and get coffee and catch up." <laughs> Um, and she was like, you know, I'm really, really happy with my partner, like the person that I chose to, to have our, our baby with. Let me tell you something, Antonia, never marry someone you wouldn't want to divorce from. And I was like, never marry someone, never marry someone you wouldn't want to have a divorce from. Oh, cause then like, if you guys separate and then you just like see this, you know, horrible side of this person and realize like you guys didn't have the same values. You guys didn't like care about the same things. You guys were on totally different paths. Like you might, it's just going to make the parenting part awful. And I was like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's like really sound advice. Like no one's ever put it to me that way. Yeah. I never heard it that way either. And I'm not, I'm not an expert. It it was a, a lot of trial and error. And this happened, my son is built to be 16 on Wednesday. This happened when my son was just about to turn three. And so there's so many years there. If you want to have a harmonious life for yourself, then you will figure out how to make it harmonious with your former partner, the other family members involved. I mean, there's a lot of negotiation that has to happen, but the greater good is that you're, you want a healthy child, as healthy as he can be, given the, given the situation. And so you will do those things that are necessary. Do you know how much my son's dad never cooked when we would? I, I don't remember him boiling water. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't remember that. Now he cooks elaborate meals, right? Like elaborate meals for, for he has two kids. Now, you know, he cooks he cooks great meals for him. Do you know how much I eat dinner over there? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Serve it. Please. Not with a please. Yeah. You know, because it's great when your child understands that there can be disruption and there can also be healing. But the other thing, what I would like to add, though, is that I'm very clear with my son, as this is as he was getting older. I'm like, look, at some point, I would like to meet somebody else. Like, I know what you're seeing is cozy, <laughs> and you're used to this very safe and stable situation, but it's not always going 
to look like this. And I also tell him, just because you see us like this, you know, see me and his dad like this, like I, we haven't really introduced him to other people. Just because that, that doesn't mean that you have to grow up like that. Like you can find like a loving partner who you can marry and stay with. And you know, I have open conversations. With That's him. great. Cause I didn't even think about that. Like that, you know, you, you want to model um, re- like a, a different sort of relationship for your son. Oh yeah. Because he's seen me very single for a long time. And I'm, a, I'm aware of that. You know, and I don't know how he's going to make his decisions consciously or subconsciously, but I do know that I have, you know, very deliberate, overt conversations. Yeah. So have you guys, like, what are the conversations like when you guys have talked about, you know, the possibility of bringing a girlfriend or boyfriend into, or, a, you know, husband or, or wife into yeah, your I, co-parenting? I don't talk about, I don't you don't. About that. No. <laughs> you know, he told me, he, I mean, look, you don't have to do it to death. You know what I'm saying? I think that people get really hyper concerned and your your child is going to be all right when that time comes you'll deal with it but I don't try to do a pregame okay <laughs> because there's enough to worry about you know I, I like my son's father has dated and I don't know if my son ever met her but he told me about her that's great you know because you want the person to be happy you know so I would think and in this age so if any if anybody comes along now, my son is sixteen. He'll be all right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be all right. Yeah. But from from some of the things that I've read online, it those relationships can be the thing that makes the co parenting um, situation harder if you like still have feelings for someone, or even if you don't have like okay, romantic well, feelings, you're angry about what happened. Like, yeah, okay, so let me cut you here for a second. Okay, so there's no feelings whatsoever. Oh. I mean, I don't mean to like be like that, yeah, <laughs> and that's on his part too. Yeah. Everybody's fine, yeah, like really, everybody's fine. And anger, no, it's not like that. I mean, I would think that the, the that the discomfort may come from the person coming into the situation because everything is so like cozy, mm. you know, so I could see somebody being suspicious because I've had guys say to me when I explain to them the situation or if I just bring up a little tidbit, they're like, are you sure there's nothing going on? I'm like, child, please, like, no, it's not like that. Yeah. But I think that the stories you hear more so are contentious and they are, and they last, those stories can last so that it's hard for people to imagine that you can have, you know, a cohesive, you know, lighthearted, as relatively lighthearted as you can be, situation, and it's no thing. When 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 my son is on vacation, my son's father and I don't talk. We're not, like, ignoring each other, but we're on vacation, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. But it's also, you guys have the benefit of time, too. It's a, that's a huge, we have a benefit of time and also, again, a lot of family members that help us. So, I remember my father in the beginning was like, well, these things happen, but, you know, you can take care of it and still raise the child and have, and have a decent friendship, you know, you can do that. Yeah. Um, what are some of the like logistical things that you guys um, still have to talk to each other about? School, yeah. excuse me, yeah. 
you know, just sort of the everyday, day to day. I'm not going to be here at this time. Can you get him? Or, or he's he's really he really is staying with his dad right now. So I'm going to be home late. Can you come over? Um, yeah, the logistical things are really just around like schedules and school. I mean, he's 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 really so so my child is much more independent now. You know, so he. He can come, you know. He can come home. He comes home from school by himself. He can get his homework started. He's, you know, he's not. So it's so the logistics have tapered uh, around caretaking, but it's the school stuff. Like now, the logistics have, I say, shot up where you have to start thinking about colleges and college prep and getting that kind of a plan together, which is a little overwhelming yeah I know you got you you say that you guys are like you know super similar in your values and the way that you want to raise your your son but do you ever not super similar okay (laughs) okay (laughs) there were some things where I'm just like okay well this is why we're not together like what so I don't necessarily agree with him around how he handles the situation if he doesn't like the grades he gets but then I, I, but I tell my son, I'm like, you know who he is. I'm not going to contradict him. If he gets a little out of hand to me, I'll speak my piece. But then I leave it alone. I'm like, look, this is what it is. This is how I feel about it. I can do that now that he's a teenager. I, you know, um, just, he's a good student though. So it, but he, he just, he, I, he's a little harder than I am, mm-hmm. and I'm not always down for that method yeah so when so when that happens how do you guys like come to a final conclusion on what you're going to do the honest answer yeah always we're all about honesty here the last time that happened I got really mad and I was like I'm going to get out of here and what happens is when you've been doing this for so long Usually, you know the other person, and you know how to let that person have some space. And you also understand that the bottom line, the middle line, the top line is always your child's welfare. So what generally happens is not not a lot of time passes. If you got to go to work to a teacher, you know, he says, okay, well, I made this date to go to work to the teacher. I'm going to go up there. Okay, and then I might decide to go and sit in on the meeting with him. So, you know, there's some intuition involved. You got to kind of feel it. You have to kind of feel it out. And I can get a little hot-tempered. It's not often, but I've had to learn that, you know, this is just somebody's reaction. It doesn't mean that they don't love your child. It doesn't mean they're trying to spite you. It just means that you have, you can't, it's, you're not always going to get the result you think you're going to get. And when we, before um, we had you in the studio, you and I had like a, a really great conversation on the phone and you were talking about how, you know, single moms, you know, they make the decision. They don't have like, they don't have to oh, talk man. to anybody else about that. Yeah. But like, you know, co-parents have to talk to the, or take the other parent into consideration before they make the decision. The other parent, the grandparents, the, yeah, the, yeah, child. Mm-mm. So 
I'm not going to romanticize a single a single mom's choice like that. I don't want to do that because I'm sure they're telling some stories too about not having to make that kind of consideration. You know, there's some other things there. My personal experience is one where I am just very happy that I have a big family that I am accountable to that loves my child and that I'm all right with not being able to do it all. It's okay. You know, so what I was saying on the phone was just if I decided to move out of the state, that's just, that is just not realistic for me while my son is still in school. My son loves the way this situation is. He is still young. And parents do it all the time, and the kids adjust. But it's just not a risk I'm willing to take. So I'm just talking me as a person and how I feel I should make a decision. You know, so I think I resent myself a little bit because I just want to be a little bit more brolic. Like, I'm just doing it and y'all got to deal with it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not that person. You know? yeah. I'm just, I'll say that and then yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> yes, yes. Like. <laughs> so, so I think what I am looking at now is how to cut the umbilical umbilical cord a little bit from co-parenting right because it can become a cozy situation for everybody and I had this idea the other day that I was going to go take care of some things for myself and my son was like oh why don't you come hang out with me at my dad's and I was like you know I don't need to really sit up in your dad's apartment he doesn't really want me up in his face like that either like he wants his own time so I'll just meet you and I his dad called me and I told him the same thing he was like yeah I didn't clean the house or whatever whatever the case was I ended up right over there and you know hanging out with my son the dad was there and I was just like yeah one of these days it's not gonna be this. <laughs> I tried. I yeah. gave it to old college try. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> um, so I know this is kind of like a touchy t- territory, but um with co parenting and money, how do you guys navigate who pays for what? Um is there yeah, just walk me through walk me through that. Well, it works out. That's what I'm going to say. You know, he's a generous father. So I don't have to complain about that. But I do think that there should be an agreement. I think that the reason why we can have good conversations and, again, a good rapport around that is because early, early on, we just came up with an arrangement and it's been that ever it's been that ever since meaning we got some you know we got a legal arrangement and i think that a lot of times people don't do that and that's okay you know too but it it is touching in the sense of it that was touchy to do that was hard to do. We didn't. Yeah, what have, was that like? Yeah, it was stressful. It was stressful. Um, that was stressful because I never saw either of us doing anything like that. 
and you don't want to argue over somebody. I didn't want to argue over some, you know, over somebody's money, but it was it was it's a reality of when you split, and it is in the best interest of the child. And you got to do what's in the best interest of the child, and. Once that was done, I never returned to that. Like, I never went to, okay, we should, you know, look back at this arrangement and see what needs to be fixed. Yeah, and you just left it. it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm-mm. But, yeah, we worked that out. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice would you give um, someone who is, like, at the beginning stages of, like, co-parenting and can't see them ever being in a situation where they're, like, you know got this whole co-parenting thing down I don't know if I've got this whole thing down I've just been in it for a long time and I'm like okay here we are it's fine I I was saying so I'm the kind of person that I like harmony so I will do my best to make it as harmonious as I can that doesn't mean that I acquiesce to everything or that I always compromise but for the most part you know people can count on me to do the right thing sometimes I get a little resentful of that but it's still what's best somebody who's just starting out you know I would say do your best to listen to some do your best to listen to someone who has a more objective perspective because I just don't think I can tell anyone who's at the beginning especially if it's a volatile situation how to how they should deal with their emotions I and mean, I could tell them logically but that doesn't always translate into the everyday world and how you're dealing with a breakup how you're dealing with making those new arrangements on parenting and visitation I mean I I, I, I hear about it I see it and it's the ego is real, you know, and I'm not saying just the ego in the sense of, oh, someone has a huge ego. Not like that. It's just a, your heart, you know. Yeah, and you're dealing with, like, You're dealing a with lot a lot. Of, yeah. And so you want to do your best to keep your child out of it, you know, and hopefully, you know, hopefully you have a community of people that can support you. And help in and help get you through. I totally believe in counseling. You know, I totally believe in it. I mean, I you know, I got it for myself. I did that early. Yeah. And it was very helpful. To to help you with like your feelings about the the breakup. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because mm-hmm. I went through a gamut of emotions. Yeah. Over and over and over again. <laughs> So yeah, so my so my advice would be to you know do the best you can to make it as harmonious as you can for the child, you know. Yeah. And um to put the to put the to put the child first. All right, I think that's a great way to end this this uh, <laughs> conversation on. I'm like, now what did I say when this gets played back? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back after this.
And we're back from our break uh, for our Things That Gave Us Life segment. Um, so what's something that made you happy this week, Anika? What gave you life this week? <laughs> Two things. One, I bought the Let's Go Crazy book, which is The Making of Purple Rain. Uh. And um, I am reading that and I'm so delighted. But the other thing was just like hanging out with my son as a 16 year old, just this like total thinking person who does not always think like me. <laughs> and he said, um, so we were talking about Prince and the the battle over the will, I guess, or whatever. And I was saying that uh, somebody came out and was like, I'm his long lost love child. You oh my know? gosh. And um, he's like, well, how would he do that? He's like, what? What's he going to do with that? They said, well, you know, they're going to give him a DNA test. And he's like, and I said, you know, your name means Prince. He was like a connection. He said, you know, he said, can I fake as his long lost child? He was like, I can fake a DNA test. He was like, okay. He was like, from now on, just know I'm adopted. I was like, oh, my God, you're hilarious. You know, I mean, yeah, that being able to finally... Celebrate that music because I was heartbroken, even though I didn't know him, never saw him. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I saw him perform, but oh, you you've seen him perform before? I did. Oh my this gosh. year makes okay, so I'm totally dating myself. It's all right, but you look this, gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> you're sweet. Thanks. The lighting. Thank you. Um, so this year makes 30 years. Since I saw him in concert, I saw him when he was like 27. That's oh, like wow. the height of like, it was after Purple Rain, but it was in the 80s. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was way too young to be at a Prince concert. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right now. But it was a crazy experience. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't, I was like, wow. He was very incredible. All of these accolades that he has received are just, you know, so, so earned. Yeah. And I hope that there are others who have that genius and that they share it with us. So yeah. I hope your mater mea genius gets as big as Prince. Oh my gosh. I hope so too. <laughs> from your from your mouth to God's ears and my bank accounts uh, statements. For, that would be amazing. I hope so. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for sharing oh, that. Oh, thank you for having me here. This <laughs> was great. Yeah, this was awesome. Um, and a thing that gave me life, um, I when I went to Nigeria, my parents are, are Nigerian, as I've um, mentioned before on the podcast. And um, the first time I went to Nigeria was in 2007 uh, to meet my grandma for the first time. Um, and, you know, she had always been like this voice that I talked to on the phone during Christmas time. But I just like never really had a real connection with her um, until... Uh, my parents, as my like uh, college graduation present, uh, bought me a ticket to go to Nigeria uh, to surprise her for her 80th birthday party. Wow. Um, and it was just like so crazy for it's probably definitely the most cherished memory I have um, to see so many people who like have my face and like have my mom's <laughs> face and my dad's <laughs> face and like um, to see where my parents grew up um, in Lagos. Uh, but something that was especially close to me was seeing um, how close my parents' families are. Like, 
um, my grandma and my both of my grandmas um, knew each other and hung out with each other and like went to each other's parties and um, at my grandma's birthday party, my um, dad's oldest brother had a seat at the high table. Like they, the Akatunde family and the Tago family like knew each other, and I thought that was really um, beautiful because you know, when you think about in-laws, you always think about, like, divisiveness as it's presented in, like, TV shows and whatnot. Um, So all that to say um, is that I was really happy to see that um, my parents and my fiancé's parents are doing that without me trying to do it. So, like, it's, um, they'll text each other. Like, when it was uh, Passover, my mom texted her, um, text my uh, fiance's mom to be like happy Passover, um, and you know when my when my brother's birthday uh, happened recently, my uh, fiance's uh, parents asked me to you know tell my parents to wish him a happy birthday and wish him a happy birthday as well. Um, and then you know this past Mother's Day, uh, they all got on the phone together, and I was just like, that is so like I didn't even tell you guys to do this. <laughs> like this is this, this is really really sweet, and I I really appreciate it. Um, just uh, just seeing that they are like already doing the work to be like part of this bigger family yeah, before we. Your love is big. <laughs> They're like yes. <laughs> They're great. so excited. Yeah. So it's just really sweet. Just wait till they start fighting over the grandchildren. I mean, know. that's something that we can... <laughs> we'll save that for a podcast another day. <laughs> but right now, it's really cute. <laughs> I think it's adorable. No, that'll be cute too. Yeah. That's gonna be great really too. Yeah, okay. no, that's, 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 no, that's that. It's that. That's so the whole. Th- this is the beginning of that journey. This yeah, is, it's beautiful. Aww. Congratulations! <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the Modern Mia podcast. Anika, uh, where can the people find you online if they want to uh, catch up with you? You can find me under my guys as Ms. Honeyology, M-S-H-O-N-E-Y-O-L-O-G-Y on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all the, you know, usual places, YouTube. And I'm writing about something or posting about something or chit-chatting <laughs> about something. Uh, there's been a little bit of a gap because I've been taking some classes. But um, I shall return to regale you with my thoughts, <laughs> whether you want to know about them or not. <laughs> <laughs> They're there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and you can thing. follow Modern Mia on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at M-A-T-E-R-M-E-A. And if you have a topic idea you'd like us to discuss, you can email me at info at modernmia.com. The Modern Mia podcast is executive produced by myself, O. Valerie Nicholas, and Kinson Albert, and our associate producer is Asaro Carter. The podcast is edited by Ty Worrell. 